Okay. Hi, and welcome to the Tell It Like It Is, the Kingdom Way program. And I'm Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology. And we're here to provoke you to think about the way that you think about the word of God and the way that you think about the things of the past. Uh, the way that you you look at things. And I want you to push that share button. I want you to invite your friends, your enemies, whoever it is, by the time you finish watching these programs, if they're your enemies, they won't be anymore. I am blessed and privileged to have my brother, my brother, my baby brother, Apostle Calvin Cook with me on a continual basis here to talk about so you got to stop that. I'm introducing you. Just chillax. Okay. You can forget that. We're, we're, we're um, you know, that's the way family is sometimes. They interrupt you when you're talking. So, as I was saying before I was uh, interrupted, I am privileged and honored to have my baby brother, Apostle Calvin Cook, here with me, who is going to tell it like it is the kingdom way. So welcome Apostle Cal. Remember to share this with the people. <laughs> you can take your hand from over your mouth now and you can go ahead and talk and you can start where you ended last week. Okay. <laughs> I was on, I, I'm trying to bring clarity uh, to an area in the body of Christ uh, that I see that could be a problem down the road. I may be wrong. But let me present this thing uh, from a pure heart. My motive for any teaching is just to bring light, never to find anybody. I never teach against anybody's teaching. I don't even do that. If I hear from God, though, about clarity and bringing things, that's what my my focus is today. Because once you come past the veil, that's this is where the new the newness of life doesn't start in the church. We are the church and he's building his temple who we are, holy stones, precious stones being built up so that the spirit of God can habitate and bring the life of the father back to planet earth through his vessels, earthen vessels. There cannot be any mixture in that presentation. We can't wait to get out to change. We change now. It's a progressive change. No, I don't know the moment and the hour. But I know it's in the hand of God. And his plan is to present an accurate picture of Christ, not us struggling over our sin, not us struggling over what we were delivered from, but actually being a representative of the victory that he won and how that process works out and how we live our lives for him and from day to day. My greatest challenge isn't when I'm in front of a bunch of people to expect me to be a certain way. I confront that out. But privately is when God tests me. He tests me in the secret time. He tests me to find out where my passions are. Not I can present anything publicly, but do I live a dualistic life privately? Am I living Clark Kent one minute in the telephone booth the next? Or am I constantly living the life that I represent publicly privately. Amen. Like I told uh, Apostle Kathy, I was ministering at her church and I said, and then my wife was there. I said, one thing I can't do is deceive the one that's closest to me. She knows if I'm in a duality, she knows if I'm doing something different than what I'm preaching because she's with me. 
You understand what that what I'm saying about that? But God even knows more than Miss D knows. Now, I lived with her for 50 years, but he created me so she could live with me. He built me so she could live with me. You better hear what I'm saying. Had he not been building in me and I was still in my dual mind, she couldn't be with me. So he had to build, and he's building all of us. Let me move back where I was. Let me go to, I was in Hebrews. I talked about coming boldly to the throne of God. Amen. Coming into that place where you know that, you, that you're like him now. He's t- he t- listen to me. When Jesus said, Father, uh, I pray they'd be one with me. We didn't know what he was talking about, but we are one with him. How, how did he do that? He put us in Christ. And with God hidden. Now, the, the Moonies and, and some people in other cults are really coming at us right now. And especially in sounds like they want to have a universal move of God where we get with all the religions and everything. Listen to me. You can't. That's not. Unity. The only way you find unity is you're in union with God and I'm in union with God. And because we're both in union with God, we can be in union with each other. (laughs) That's the only unity we can. That's the unity of the faith and the unity of the spirit. Just because we come together and have a burrito or or some barbecue doesn't mean that uh, we respect each other. It means we like the same kind of food. Come on, you'll meet me at the restaurant. We can get some sushi or something. That has nothing to do with fellowship. Fellowship is when you have come in and been in that place past the veil. And the life of that God is your animation. And the life that's in me is God's animation. And we come together and we have a dual animation that causes us to be one. That's one in the spirit. Why? Because I'm one in sync with my presentation of the life of God. I've come in in concert with that presentation, my soul has been alerted that it cannot give off any earthly expressions and use God's name. Amen. And and that's what he's after, see. Let me get back because I want to talk to you out of first, second Peter. It says, watch this. This is him talking to, to us when we want to talk about duality. Listen to what he says. Now, According as his divine power has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. It didn't cost you no mixture, but to glory and virtue, whereby we are given us. Watch this. This this, this is so powerful because sometimes we can ask our own questions by having a question. It's whereby are given to us the exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature. Watch what what divine nature does. It helps us escape the corruption that's in mixture. It helps us escape the corruption that we find in, come on, body of Christ, don't argue with me right now. Listen. Good God Almighty, listen. That we haven't escaped. It didn't say we were escaped. It said we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, given all diligence to add to your faith virtue and virtue, knowledge and knowledge, temperance and temperance, patience and patience, godliness and godliness, brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness, charity. For all, if you have these things and they abound, they make you that shall neither, watch this, you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. Uh, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, 
Christ, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten he was purged, has forgotten that he was purged, was forgotten that he has purged from his own sin. That's why God calls you pure and righteous because you've been purged from your own man and his sins. Therefore, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Watch this. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. If you do these things, if you'll be diligent, if you bring yourself into the discipline of these things that, that's mentioned in 2 Peter, you'll find no mixture. He says, for entrance has been, uh, shall be ministered to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ. Let me move out of there. I'm going to take you somewhere. I'm going to bring a conclusion to a thing here and bring some definition so you can see that this is not coming out the side of my neck. I want you to hear what I'm going to say to you. Now watch this. This knowledge is by the word of God, by which comes faith, by which comes the mind of Christ, by which come we know all things. The beauty of this particular truth is that the old man is now dead and the new man is Christ. Paul told you, it's not I. Paul got a revelation of, of this. He says, it's Christ who has made us all that he himself is. I want you to hear what I just said. We talk about having faith, oh, having faith to get this and having faith to believe that. But do we have faith to believe that we're just like him? Call things that aren't as though they are. Why are we going to call everything except this particular fact that we are not dualistic people? And if we are, we're unstable. Let me let me prove it to you. So, uh, who who has made us like Himself? We stand in Him and view all things through Him. Watch this. Uh, in Him. We have no death, but his death. Watch this carefully. No life, but his life. The life I now live. The life I now live. Huh? Watch this. Uh, the power of God is, is not in what we can do, but in what the cross has already done. Oh, Lord Jesus. Uh, Lord Jesus, help me here. I'll try to tell you. We preach this, but it, how can, we can't preach this and be dual and have and believe in a dual nature. It says, in view of the truth, there are several things we must do in order to be fully identified with Christ's finished work. Many of us are identified with his finished work, but not fully, because we still leave loopholes for an old man to be justified in his ill behavior in the kingdom of God. And uh, God already justified you. And now because he justified you in his own sight, he now glorified you as though you were perfect. Just spirits of just men made perfect in Hebrews chapter 12. Now watch this. So what are we going to do? We're going to search the scriptures uh, in, in John 5, 39 uh, and, uh, and find out how we could come away with such a conclusion of no duality. What, you can't come to this conclusion unless you abide. Past the veil, past the performance mentality that the church has inbreded into people. We have some people only in the church to put on a performance, a preaching performance, a prophesying performance. It's a performance. They have to have a crowd. 
Now, they don't care about the cloud. They're more interested in the cloud. How many people in your church? How big is your ministry? What's your seating capacity? Are you qualified to speak to me? Do you have your doctorate? How many letters do you have? I said, there's six of them in my name. I don't, I don't know if I have any other ones. Calvin, you know, I don't know. Only degree I have is in theology. I don't have none in theology, but I've been on my knees all the time. <laughs> Come on here. I can't sword fight you when it comes to getting degrees. I won't sword fight with you. I had many men challenge me when I came out of the other church. How come the pastors letting you preach? What did you do? I just got my doctor of divinity. I just got my PhD. I said, well, while you was getting that, I was on my face before God. And when pastor came into the room, he saw me crying out, asked me that I want to preach. So I don't know why you mad at me. The Bible said, if you humble yourself, you will be exalted. It didn't say go get any degrees and you would be exalted. He said, if you humble yourself, God would exalt you. Try that. And then maybe the Lord, the pastor, Pastor Dev never did let them preach because they thought they earned a right. We think we earned a right by what we've accomplished. And here's the, here's the deal I'm trying to get you to understand. He gave you a right to do whatever you're doing in his life. Only through him you live. Only through him you have a right of expression. Only through him you move and are animated. Your purpose is only his being realized through you. You have no agenda. You have no vision. He gave you vision. If you have more than one vision, you got the vision. And that's where duality comes from. You think that God's going to co-sign your vision when every good and perfect thing, even your vision, has to come from God. Well, anyway, let me get back here. So in view of the truth, there, there, it says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Okay, so that means you, you die. Even though you, the reason he calls you living, because when God breathed in Adam's uh, uh, nostril, he became a living soul. So what makes us think we are dual is because our souls still have not been tamed. Our souls still have not given their right of expression. The Bible says that Jesus said, I'm the door to the sheepfold, but the porter opens the door. And the porter is the soul realm. Uh huh. That's why Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. Have you ever wondered why in Revelation he has a knock on his own door? Because the porter was given to man to exercise his will without God forcing him to do his way. So he says, I stand at the door and knock. And if you're a wise man, you'll let my purposes come in. But what some people will do, they'll let a woman or a man whisper in their ear and change the purposes of God. And then when God tries to come in, the porter won't let the spirit of God in. He keeps them out. So how do we beat that? The Bible says that the word of God is a double-edged sword. It's able to divide asunder between the soul and the spirit. So it's the word of God, the double-edged Roman sword that allows us to get delivered from duality because of the word of God. It's the word of God that delivers us from duality. It's the word of God that we can say, I'm like Jesus. I'm not going to be like Jesus. I'm like Jesus now. Oh, we know you're not like Jesus now, but you must believe it to be able to conceive it now for the seed of incorruption to have life in you. You got to at least believe this. You're going to have life and have it more abundantly. Now watch, let me go on. It says, we, he said, we walk not after the flesh, which is duality, 
but after the spirit of God in Romans 8, 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. What did he make us free from? Duality, living two different kinds of life, one of sin and one of, and, and now we get to live the life of the spirit. Come on, let me take you. It says, walk worthy of the vocation where you are called, Ephesians 4.1. See, your job is not your vocation. Your job is to live out and be animated by the life of Christ. That's your job. And then when you go to work, you get seed to sow into the kingdom. But that's not your, that's not your vocation. Your vocation is to live the life of God through his son, Jesus Christ, in the earth. Animated by him. Powered by him cleansed by him, made acceptable by him. Ay, hallelujah. So you don't have to, well, that false humility. Well, you know, we just, Paul said he, he, could, he wanted to do it, but he could not stop from doing it. He, want, he wanted to do right, but he, he couldn't do right. And so we use that, but that's not the proper interpretation of that. Paul was speaking from where he was coming from, and he never spoke about not being able to live for God in any time in that New Testament canon. He said, you are more than conquerors. How could you be more than conquerors? You ain't conquerors, you do a dual, dual nature. So we've been, I don't know why we want to bend that way, but all the men I studied that are above my head, uh, 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 we're not in agreement with that. We don't think the scriptures preach that out. Let me, let me watch this. Here's, here's one that I know we can't walk away from. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, Philippians 2.5. Why do I say that? Because in James says, a double-minded man. In other words, a man that has his old mind and a new man, and a new and an old man and a new mind, he says, uh, is unstable. Can't, can't receive anything. You understand what I'm saying? So to teach that we have a double mind, when he says, let this mind be in you, could it be that maybe some of us have not adopted his mind? Could it be that some of us have been not disciple? Uh, could it be that some of us have not been taught and we, we've been taught wrong? Is it possible that some of us are not filled with the Holy Spirit and had our mind renewed by the spirit of our mind? Is it possible that some of us have not yielded to the life of God and we're still yielding to our fleshly desires? Come on. He said to do that would mean that you're carnal minded. To be carnally minded means you're going to be coming into a place called death. Death means separation from God. Come on, somebody. So we cannot continue to preach duality honestly. Let me go on further. I'm not finished. Ah. There are many more outline words that we could, uh, scriptures that we could use. But none of these are exercises of the flesh or carnal mind, but they are the result of the life of Christ. These things are not the old man trying to do, but rather the new man being exactly what he is. See that? We're not trying to do. The old wants us to believe there is something we got to do. Paul was struggling. Oh, I want to do right, but I can't. No, you have to exercise your choice and you have to get your soul in alignment. Listen to me. I wrote, That's I just, right. That's right. Listen to me. It says the soul has the right to reject or to accept. Uh, The soul feeds the spirit. Now, I told you it's the porter. Now, watch this. Watch this. God's battle is for the soul of man. Satan's battle is for the soul of man. Whoever controls the soul controls the man. 
Now watch this. Watch this. To uh, watch this. And so what am I saying? I said, well, uh, once a man's soul is harnessed by the Holy Spirit, God rules the earth through the soul of man. Adam was in Adam was in complete control of the garden and the whole world until his soul got out of alignment with the purpose. If your soul's out of alignment with God's purpose, you will speak duality. You will speak two different kind of men living. But there's only two men in the earth, Adam, which is the old man that needs to be saved, and Christ, who's the new man that saves Adam. There is no other middle gray, gray area in our lives of duality. It's impossible. That's why it says, if you be risen, set your affections, because there's an opportunity for your soul to get tied up in some worldly affairs and get entangled with the affairs of this life and not able to please God as a good soldier who called him. It's, it's possible to get entangled with your soulless realm thinking, the duality of your thinking. Your soul has an appetite. It wants a certain woman with a certain shape and a certain body and a certain what. But then when you get her pregnant, she gets maybe a little more weight and you want to leave her. But you're the reason why she got pregnant because you wanted to fulfill your desires and gave her babies that you ain't willing to take care of. Now you want to leave her. That's that soul duality thing I'm talking about. And some pastors are doing the same thing. Well, the church people don't seem to be want my pastorate here. And I'm thinking about moving on. Well, why would you move on from your assignment with your double-minded mind? So God's not schizophrenic. He ain't told you to go one place, and then next week he told you to go to another place. You're still operating out of your soulish realm. You're still operating on how you feel and how people feel about it. doesn't matter who feels. If God's not speaking to do anything, I'm not moving. Somebody said, have you ever thought about going somewhere else? No, I ain't never thought about it. This is not my assignment. I don't get to think about where I want to go. I've been assigned to be somewhere in him, and I'm, I'm, I'm I'm, I've been assigned to move in him while I'm here and to be animated in his life while I'm here. Ain't God ain't told me to go nowhere else. People want to go, and they haven't been sent. You got to be careful about just getting up and going places. And you know that you're not being led by at least the apostle haven't even said anything to you about it. And you don't want to hear nothing he has to say. That means you might be in trouble. You already made up your mind without even getting the spiritual counseling you got that you were supposed to get before you that. Because I have to give account of your soul. That means your mind, your will, what you think, what you desire, and how you feel. The man of God, the woman of God must give an account before God about how they how they brought you into maturity and how they equipped you and what type of teaching did you give them and how did you visit them when they were sick? Did, did, what did you do for these people I assigned you to? You didn't assign yourself to nobody. God brought me, especially the ones that give you a headache. Those are the ones God wants to grow you up. He brings those people in for your benefit so that you can grow up and actually walk in the fullness of the love of God. So he brings you some crazy. So I'm not going to call them crazy. I don't want to get in trouble. But he brings you people that need more help than others. And you need to have the love for them, just like the ones that are, don't cause you any problems. See, you got, we got to get over past this veil. I, I don't know if I'm making myself clear here. I hope I am uh, because. Uh, I want you uh, to talk more about coming coming past that veil. 
because everything that you're talking about is that. So go back over that definition of the veil, like Adam's veil. I mean, uh, like like uh, Abraham's veil was Lot, and this veil was this, and and so that people can see what it is that you're talking about. But this double-minded thing, this this coming past this double-mindedness and 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 social spirit. I think going beyond the veil is a present day reality. It's not something that we put off to the future. Uh, going beyond the veil, it, watch this, is beyond whatever I perceive myself to be. Uh-oh. So one of the greatest problems we're having is identity. That proves that we didn't go into him and get his. Anytime we're misidentifying ourselves, by the labels that people want to put on you or, or titles or whatever it is, or you want a title, you're hungry to be called an apostle. You want somebody to recognize, you're looking for somebody to give you a title. You, you haven't been with, you haven't been beyond the veil other than to ask for something from, from God, but you didn't ask him to make you something. Cause if he made you something, you would be satisfied at the handiwork of his hand. Because remember the work was created before you were born. Let me move on. Let me go a little bit further. So going beyond the veil uh, 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 is beyond the flesh or the veil or covering of my own flesh. It's beyond me until the complete doing away with me. It's beyond me until this body of death is fashioned like Christ's glorious body. Come on, I'm, I'll show you something here. It is beyond the stealthy concealed purposes of my heart. Because remember, the heart without God is deceitful, wicked, deceitful above all things. Who can know it? And that's why we have duality. That's why we teach duality. Because there's something within the inner chambers of our heart that's not in sync with God's journey for you in the spirit. You're not totally satisfied with the animation of his life. And you want to twerk it or tweak it or add something to it. That means, oh, Lord Jesus, that's where we get this duality from. Let me take you further. It's beyond identifying yourself as an African-American. It's, it's beyond identifying yourself as six feet tall, 200 pounds. It's, go, it's going beyond the veil and entering beyond all these limitations set by our society and by the thinking that conforms us what society has established. It's going beyond the veil. It's going beyond knowing man after his outer self or his cloak or what he's hiding behind or what his inner fears are. Ah, glory to God. He doesn't really want you to know him because sin stained him and he doesn't believe that God washed the stains away. And shame has come and deception comes and duality comes when there's some semblance that the outer man is still trying to present himself, himself outside of Christ. That's why we got it abide under the shadow and we got to abide we can't let people pull us out to be busy i tell some of my daughters and my son stop being available to everybody tell somebody no that's right tell somebody no glory to god tell somebody you got to spend time with your daddy tell god tell them no i know it feels good to be drawn on and to be People want you and makes you get all warm and fuzzy when you're loved. But sometimes that stuff is a little bit too much for you. You got about 30 seconds. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Abraham, 
him beyond the veil meant beyond his family, beyond, beyond Lot. Like I told you, Lot means veiling, muffling, hidden, concealed, secret. That's what it means. Sometimes we have to get beyond what stopped us from fully offering ourselves as a living sacrifice unto God. And we we're going to be back next week. I'll be in the Bahamas next week. No, you won't be. In the, yeah, you'll be in the Bahamas on this program. So oh. anyway, wherever you might be, I don't care. But you won't <laughs> be on this program. So anyway, this is, <laughs> this is Apostle Baker J. Baker and Apostle Calvin Cook. Uh, on the Tell It Like It Is, the Kingdom Way program, and invite friends, invite people, because this is a part that you need to be able to live the kingdom life. And we will be back. If this has been any help to you at all, you have all the information where you can sow into it. Anyway, we'll be back next time when we're here, the Tell It Like It Is, the Kingdom Way. Bye-bye. God bless you. I hope you were listening. They, <laughs> they were.